You're listening to the Man of Class podcast. This is episode number 21, Personal Branding. Today, we have a special guest, TJ Shark, to help walk us through what personal branding is and how important it can be. Whether you're a W-2 employee working for someone else, you've started a business, you're thinking about starting a business, you're an investor, or somewhere in between, personal brand matters. It's our resume, if you will, that is expanded outside of just the normal one-sheet piece of paper to your entire digital footprint. So with that in mind, stay tuned so that you can learn how to up your game. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back. Another episode of Man of Class podcast. Today, we have a special guest, TJ Shark, who he's been a part of a mastermind that I've been engaged in the past couple months. And he's got a massive background in network marketing and doing sort of influencers for uh, different segments. So TJ has been starting a couple different side businesses with drop shipping as well as having his own marketing business. But today, what we wanted to get into was talking about how important it is to have a personal brand. So let's just jump right into it. Welcome, TJ, and thank you for for joining me on today's podcast. Hey, Eric. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's been a, a really nice relationship so far. Uh, like I said, we've kind of really only known each other for a couple months now, but we, we definitely, I think, hit it off through the <laughs> mastermind group and uh, yeah. you know, had some really uh, cool and engaging and, and in-depth conversations, which uh, I'm always a big fan of. So uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's funny because you're, you're absolutely right. We haven't, we haven't known each other for, for that long and we've probably spent more time on the phone talking different branding strategies or just different, whatever strategies more so than I have with people that I've been friends with for a long time. So, um, definitely a solid, solid relationship that, that quickly just kind of hit it off. But yeah, one of the things that we, go go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say one of the things that we had talked about was personal branding and how in today's world, probably more so than really, I would argue any time in history, it's important to have a personal brand because before we just had always had these large corporations, everybody, the adage was go to school, get into a corporate job, work for 30 some years, get a pension, have a nice day. Like that's, that's your contribution to society. And those large corporations, the pensions are falling all around us and large corporations are falling. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I, I mean, I, right. is that what you're seeing as well? That's my I point mean, of view, but uh, I want to see your point of view. Yeah. I, I really like that. That's an interesting thought because we are living in a, a very different landscape and it, it's funny how it kind of all, you know, with personal brand, that is a big shift, especially with, you know, what we have now with Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram and, and TikTok and all these social platforms where the individual has a voice and a, a, a avenue to create and express themselves. Uh, and a lot of brands that you see today are a lot of individuals that 
you know, you know, is because they started out on one of those platforms, just talking about something they're passionate about or something that they love and it shows through. And I think that's why a lot of them are successful. And, um, and then even to your point about your know, corporate America, you know, with the, you know, all those things, nine to fives, you know, you never, never really needed to have a personal brand, uh, at least in the, the sense from a marketing standpoint. Uh, but I'd also, you know, mention that I, I think personal brand, even if you're not looking to be an influencer or not looking to, you know, be out there in the public, it's also think of personal brand in a sense that, you know, if you're a salesperson or you, or like I used to be, and I still am today. Um, but that's, you know, I've been in a lot my young career, I spent a lot of time in my nine to fives doing a sales role and, you know, it's from getting anybody, everybody can relate to getting a job, right? you got to sell yourself. You got to brand yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important in that realm too, of maybe something we could hit on too with personal brand. Yeah. And I, I you brought up an interesting point where it was, uh, your, your brand and actually having a voice and it was, you kind of did that branding within whatever corporation that you were at. And then it was just your resume. You had just one piece of paper that, you could fill out and say, this are all my experience. These are teams that I've led, or these are my technical skill sets, right? Typing skills. It's funny how those things evolve where before it was like, Oh, you can type like that's, you know, that's high level stuff. (laughs) And now it's like, if you can't type, like, what are you doing? But it's almost because those barriers have fallen down, whether it's network or whether it's marketing within the same company, but it's, it's almost like establishing the value within the individual instead of what that individual can bring to the company. It's now, okay, they've led teams. They've been a part of this. They've gone through design. They've started a business. They've got all these different skill sets. And frankly, the large corporations are hungry for the startup type mentality. They're getting their butts whipped because you've got the small startups that will just come in. And before you know it, it's just, you know, they, they get taken over if they're not quick to re, to respond. And so it's almost, I see it as people who are gaining skill. It's like equally important to be in a job as well as building something on the side. Even if you don't want that to be your one all be all, like you may not want to have your own six figure, seven figure company, but even to build skill sets outside of whatever it is that you do in a, in a nine to five, I think can be very helpful. What do you think? I couldn't agree more. A hundred percent agree. It's, uh, and that's for, you know, the listeners out there that think that, you know, personal brand is just all about the, the flashy Instagram influencer and that, oh, that's personal brand. I don't, I don't need to do that. It, it goes a lot deeper than that. There's much more value. It's about bettering yourself as a, a valuable commodity in this world. You know, I mean like improving yeah. your self worth, uh, but improving your value to others. If, say you did lose your job, you know, uh, say you couldn't find another job in one certain industry, but you have skills elsewhere too. So it's just constant, uh, personal improvement too, I think can be looked at as, you know, looking at what your personal brand truly is, not just to everybody else, but for yourself too. Cause I know many people, they, they go to school for let's say engineering or business or marketing, and then they become an HR person. Mm-hmm or somebody who is a social worker and then all of a sudden gets into business. And you see so many times where people are asked like how often the degree that you got or that you went for, are you actually using that in your day job? 
And I'd say at least it's, it's, I don't know what the actual statistic is, but I, I know when I talk to people, it's shockingly like that was just a token. That was a really expensive token that got me into the game. But <laughs> yeah, to your point, yeah, if all right. of a sudden it liquidated, right. If you got laid off, it's well, now it better in, maybe I have some leadership skills. Maybe I've got some type of this skill or that skill, but honing different skills to kind of well-round that self-development, that self-improving mindset is going to almost like as a fail save, it's almost like investing in yourself so that when one market goes down, i.e. like some corporation, you can always lean on other skill sets to, to completely jump industries or completely jump different markets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just like, you know, everybody knows if you don't invest, everybody knows the, at least the old, uh, saying and the adage is don't put all your eggs in one basket. And everybody always relates that to the stock market, but look at it in the human element, look at it in the personal element too. uh, diversify yourself. You're an asset, you know, you're, you're valuable and Mm -hmm. you can only you can put in the time and effort to increase your value. Yeah. What are some of the things, because you've been on the marketing side, helping small businesses sort of create what that message is and start to go out and sort of influence on all the different social networks, which again is a completely game shift from traditional business structure of maybe going to trade shows or doing a commercial on TV or doing a radio commercial. What are some of the biggest things that you see people are struggling with to wrap their mind around as we get into the social media networking, whether it's personal brand or even just business brand? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm going to be able to answer your question here. Cause I have a couple <laughs> of thoughts as you know, and I was like, is that what he's asking? Is that on topic? So I'm going to try my best here. <laughs> so stop. I like me to shake I, it right at the last little bit. Right. Yeah. So, uh, stop me if I'm going down a, a path that isn't, has anything to do with the question. <laughs> um, so it's, it's interesting when I talk to business owners, mostly I'm just starting out. Uh, I started last year, beginning of last year and I've had a background in um, marketing before I used to, in traditional marketing, I used to work for a radio station uh, for two years. I mm-hmm. learned a lot, made a lot of business contacts, actually just partnered up with somebody uh, from back in my radio days uh, to uh, pursue my marketing service side of what I want to do. And um, it's nice to have a, a business partner bounce ideas off of, really helps me out. Uh, but we're, you know, everybody starts off at the bottom, you know, you're doing low clients, you really, you're grabbing some of that low hanging fruit. And a lot of small businesses are still really much stuck and ingrained in traditional marketing. And they think that number one, it's just so new, like Facebook marketing and Twitter and Instagram and all these things. Uh, and I know it hit really big, probably like back in 2010, maybe before then, and some brands really grew up, blew up through doing that. And when I talk to clients, some of them don't even know. Some of them are still doing yellow pages. And I mean, those are still expensive and they don't work. It's just, it's hard to sometimes knock those business owners off of that course because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's once you figure something out that you're not really passionate about, you don't really want to do, it's just a necessary evil. You set it, you forget it. And, you know, he's used to getting his, you know, the, the roofer down the street, he's used to getting his five to 10 leads a month out of yellow pages, but you know, maybe he can be getting a lot more and scale and grow his business. So 
I run into stubbornness, but then I also run into two people that are already kind of like older business owners. They're set in their ways. They don't really want to grow their business too much. You know, they're like, Hey, I'm kind of happy where I'm at. I'm not trying to be a millionaire right now. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a a balance between the two, but it's, it it is kind of shocking to them though, that, you know, the reason they took the call was because they're like, you know what? I heard about this Facebook marketing thing. Uh, I wonder if there's anything to it. Let me talk to TJ. And, uh, (laughs) you know, this whole little Facebook marketing thing, like the thing that's dominating right now, but uh, it's something small. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. There, there's so many business owners that don't even know, which is crazy to me because, uh, I honestly think that any brand, not just now, but even prior to, to this year, you know, prior to even 2017 should have been 80% if not a hundred percent of your marketing budget to digital marketing space mm-hmm. um, for small brands, for small brands, uh, there's still a good place for radio outdoor with, you know, billboard uh, TV. Uh, I'm not too crazy about TV, but if you're a big brand, like, you know, a PNG brand or uh, you know, you should be still on that platform, but it's just, it's Gary V talks about all the time. It's underpriced attention. And that's still, like you'll get a lot of um, early adapters to Facebook marketing uh, that w- were, was doing it and was killing, you know, their return on ad spend there for every dollar they pumped in, they got 10 X back. And then now you're only getting two X and those people are like, Oh God, Facebook marketing is dead. It's done for. And that's not the case either. It's not dead. There's still a lot of opportunity out there and it's still underpriced. It's still less than, you know, a month run on radio and a month run on TV or outdoor billboard. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, but these business owners don't recognize that. I I don't know why, but it's, (laughs) uh, almost it's, it's interesting when, when you talked about just that reluctance of change and it's so funny because no matter how many of the Titans in the industry have fallen, I would have thought that was a wake up call. You know, yeah. when you see some of these big brands where they're at the top of the game or, you know, they're a recognized brand and then all of a sudden overnight you're like, where, where'd they go? Yeah. It's right. Because, you know, like Blackberry. Everybody yeah. used to have a Blackberry. Right. Mm-hmm. And then with the whole touchscreen and, you know, the, the iPhone and Samsung, like that whole war that's going on. I don't even know of anybody that has a Blackberry. I don't even know the last time I saw one. But it's, it's, that's a perfect case in point where they, they said, hey, we don't, we don't have to worry, right? We've got the business world on lock. Every single business person has a BlackBerry Palm Pilot or whatever that it was, right? But it's almost that overnight. Right. I mean, I mean, we see this in the car automat- or the uh, auto manufacturers right now, right? Tesla valuation just passed. I think it was, was it GM or was it Ford? Um, I think, I want to say GM. I think. But you even think of, of a car company that never existed, right? And so when you look at, at the auto manufacturers and they're like, whatever, don't have to worry about them, right? Mm-hmm. Such a high barrier of entry. We don't even have to worry about that. They need the supply chain. They need the this. They need the, all the, the reasons why it won't work. But for an, a person who's an underdog like Elon, you know he's going to dominate. You know he's going to do whatever is necessary in order to make it work. Even more so when people start trashing him in, the, in on Twitter, and they're like, "Oh, Tesla! Like you've got so many problems. You got this, that, whatever." 
I want a Tesla more so just because I know that Elon's so stubborn that he will have made his cars last so much longer than any other car out there just to prove the point because that's, you know, sadly to go from zero to hero, you kind of have to, right? You have to Mm -hmm. double deliver and you're kind of banking on the fact that everybody else is resting on their their laurels. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, 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 that's a a very interesting thought because yeah, it's the reason why a lot of these old brands that we don't see anymore is because the inability to adapt and change. And you wonder if it's just an ego standpoint or is it just maybe the the people that, you know, you can look at it this way. Maybe you, know, when you're starting a company and, and like Elon Musk, He's so passionate, right? You've got to be passionate in order to do grow something that big. But then once you do and it's established, you know, are you hiring the right people to carry on that torch? Because maybe a lot of these older companies that have been in business for a long, long time, their management got old. They didn't do you know, a good job at hiring the right uh, minds because they thought that maybe it was fear of them losing their jobs. Yeah. You know, it's personal uh, perseverance, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, you know, and to, you just get to a point in uh, age where you're like, I don't want to try to reinvent my career. You know, I, I, I wonder mm-hmm. which one, you know, That's all this a, is yeah. of why those brands go away and, because it's not just stubbornness, but it's all these other factors too. Well, and it's almost, it's like they're playing not to lose. I, I heard this concept once and I, I, I love it. It's like playing not to lose versus playing to win. You can tell Elon's playing to win. Yep. Somebody who's been in the marketplace for 25, 50 years, 75 years, 100 years, and they're like, we're a 100-year-old company. In a way, it's kind of like they're playing not to lose because they've built that brand. They, they know that they can show their logo anywhere in the world and, and people recognize it. But in, in brand loyalty used to be a thing. But when you introduce, yeah, Yeah. well, in it is as long as the product is still winning. Like if let's say app, let's say the iPhone stopped, right? Let's say the 11, the 11 pro, that's all that Apple had. And they just said, you know what? The 12 is going to be just like the 11. Uh, We're not doing anything with the cameras. We're not doing any fancy pants. You know, we're not upgrading Siri. And they just took a couple of years to just kind of do whatever and Samsung all of a sudden just came out with, you know, whatever it was, right? It, whatever that next generation of technology, they're going to be the ones that win because sooner or later people love Apple, right? People are hardcore Apple because they wanted that experience, but they're only in that experience as long as that experience is still giving in a way. Tied to their the value, like the perceived, even if it's perceived value, it's right. the quality, like, you know what you're getting but mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of these brands when, and maybe it, you can credit to um, shareholders, right? You get publicly traded and then you're just looking to appease the board of, you know, cutting costs and increasing that profit margin and you're not putting into R and D and those type of things and, and keeping the quality of your product up. So if we bring that back to the individual, because I'm always, I always look at these general trends of what's happening in business and really think that the business is nothing more than just people. And like you had said, it's the people that are going to keep the businesses either in play or out of play. One of the key takeaways that I've, I'm, I'm going to add a couple and I want you to add in a couple too, but I looked at it as flexibility, 
you can't get to the point where even if you're 30s and 40s, even let's say you've got 10 years, 15 years left before you plan to retire, you almost can't rest on your laurels. You can't just say, mm, I don't want to, I don't want to redefine my career. I don't want to maybe go for, for something else. I, you know what, this technology stuff, I just don't even want it because in 10 or 15 years, as quickly as the internet has taken hold, you figure where we were, look back at, at anything in, in 2010 to where we're at in 2020, that 10 years, night and day different. So I can only imagine in another 10 years, things are going to be obsolete there's going to be more of what has happened in the past 10 years. So it's flexibility, a hundred percent flexibility and gaining skill sets that are transferable. Not I can, you know, I can do Apple programming or, or, you know, uh, programming in Apple OS. Like you can at least maybe take that to a couple different industries to develop apps. But if it's like, I'm really good at some, you know, company owned specific thing that, that isn't transferable, like in, in, when I mean transferable, it could be like leadership skills. It could be uh, mm-hmm. video creation because again, the whole, the world we're, we're doing this podcast with video, but that's where the trend is going. And so like video editing skills, sound audio editing skills, having those skills, even if you lost your job tomorrow, you'd be able to find something because those skills are in such demand that many people aren't flexible. Yeah. I don't know. What I are agree. some of the things that you, you can add? Some different things um, for the personal, for the personal yeah, person. an individual to kind yeah. of be flexible, adaptable, be agile, um, mm-hmm. and just well, I guess you know it's whatever your goals are. If it's you know, mostly it's about freedom, financial freedom, um, you know, more time with your family, things like that. You know, all those those reasons to. Uh, pursue other things and, and, and make sure that you are kind of ensuring your future. Uh, I think that an investment in just, and you hit on it before human capital, the, mm-hmm. the ability to, I guess, lead and manage people, uh, is I think going to be so important moving forward. I'm not sure if this goes into the realm of the personal thing, um, because I do agree with you. No, I think that. it absolutely does. Leadership, okay. leadership and people skills, Mm-hmm. you almost, it's no longer an excuse before you could say, ah, oh, he's not really a people person. So we're just going to stick him in the back closet. Now yeah. it's like, you don't have people skills. I'm sorry. You better have like a golden ticket of some skill. Like you can solve that cancer going away that. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it, it's, it's getting, it's getting more like that skill, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. leadership, EQ, um, inclusiveness, diversity, like all these buzzwords, self-awareness too. I mean, self-awareness yeah. is one of my, top, top things that I look for in any human being. Uh, and I, it's not always easy. You know, sometimes I always try to check myself and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's just so important. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're right because we're, everything is being recorded. We're also getting into this phase where it's no longer hush, hush, closed doors behind whatever else. It's because transparency, because of, it, it's almost like the whole world is completely flipped. It used to be the couple brands could say, I don't care. You're going to do what I want you to do because you only have so many places that you can go buy it. Let's say a car. You only have so many places you can go buy a car. So sorry, this is what we got. 
it's 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 options, right? Yeah, back then you only had the option of you know Crest and Colgate, and everybody right. knows those brands because well they advertise well for years and they still continue to do somewhat. But you look at all these other toothpaste, like what's a, there was like an organic one that uh, for some reason I want to say Tom's, but it's not Tom's. It's like shoes, right? It's uh, something no, like I that. I think there is. So I think there's Tom's, like T O M Z. I think. Yeah, there might be. Uh, but yeah, it's the options. And I think what's funny about it, though, is for those that want to look at technology and where we are today and say, oh my gosh, it's so horrible. Everybody, you know, is always on their phones. They got no human interaction. But really, just as we, we said it right here, that it's all about human interaction. It's because we have so many different platforms in order to interact with people. Just because it's not face-to-face doesn't mean that you're not developing those, those skills in, in order to talk to another human being, whether it's through uh, text, texting and um, mm-hmm. sharing videos, wh- whatever it is, you know? And it's almost harder. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about that until just now, but it's almost harder because before you only really had to worry about one-on-one interaction. And again, the people that, that maybe they were a leader, they were the company, they were a public speaker, whatever that it was, they had to interact with the many. But it's almost like anymore, I mean, and, and this is so true in, in everyday life, if, if you can't address multiple people, then you're going to be struggling. And, that, and we can see that in social media. That's why you go to date somebody, first thing you're going to go do, Google her. Google him, Google her. You're looking for somebody, you know, you're looking to hire somebody. You're going to Google him or her. You're going to say, what are they about? What's their dirty secrets on the internet? Because everybody has some dirty secret somewhere that, that they're going to try to find. But that it old, is. And it's MySpace page, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Your MySpace page. Lurking from freshman year. out there with the, those pictures from, you know, that you don't want to yeah, resurface, the beer, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the beer bong from, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> But, but it is though, and it's, and it's that social presence of having to make sure that you're, you're coming across in an entirety because you're no longer just a resume. Yeah. And yeah, I was whether you choose that. to or not, like your, your resume is Facebook, is Google, yes. is Instagram, is LinkedIn, is Twitter, and, is. And I'd argue, I'd say that that's a positive thing though, because if you ever want to, you know, complain about you not getting a job. Because, I mean, you like, I most people I talk to right now that are hiring people, I mean, they still will do the resume, but that, that's only a piece of it, obviously. But mm-hmm. I love, I always respected the people that would say, "Listen, a, a resume doesn't mean jack shit. It doesn't. I'm not. I'm. It doesn't. I don't care about it. Like, I, last job I got, I had one of my hiring authorities just kind of look at it and go, "Yeah, you didn't need to bring this. It just talked to me." Yeah. And. But then also too, I'm sure he did some research on me before, you know, I came Mm -hmm. in like that. The resume is just the means to get to all that other stuff online and all that. And that's why LinkedIn is very important. Uh, It's your online resume. You can show and showcase so much more there though, too. Like I'd Mm -hmm. encourage people who, you know, are in the nine to five and fine with being in the nine to five job or working for somebody else. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But you have if you're looking to make a change and, and you still want to, you know, you know, put that resume out there like that character, then, I mean, you've got so many opportunities to share content and tell employers what you're about. And yeah. it's not all just based off of 
a resume and what you did in college and, or were you involved in social activities? Did you, were you part of the debate team? Like, yeah, not just Some of your extracurricular activities. activities. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you can, people can see that they go, Oh, you have a YouTube channel. Oh, you you talk about this. Oh, he's pretty like, Oh, you like woodworking. Well, that has nothing to do with our job. But I think that kind of tells something, you know, a story about somebody to say he's dedicated enough and he's very meticulous. Look how, you know, he, he crafts those videos and, and makes his, um, you know, furniture. It's just, yeah. there's so many things that you can find out about people nowadays. And that's why I think it, it should make hiring a little bit easier nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think there's so a couple things, right? When you go through and let's say, you know, you worked here for two years, you worked here for five years, you worked here, you don't remember everything. And so your resume was like bullet points of like, Hey, this is kind of what I did. But even like you had said on LinkedIn, there's nothing that, that prevents you because you can create a page. You can create your own personal page. I actually knew somebody who created, I love this. He created a website. He created it like a Wix website and that was his resume. He had videos talking about like the different things that he did. He had all of his skills. I mean, this was, you look at him and you go, if I'm going to hire this guy or I'm going to hire this guy who just sent me a paper bulleted thing that was like fancy formatting or whatever, you're going to hire that guy because you're like, good Lord, he's done website design, which means he's, he's computer savvy. He's done video skills. He's got all these computer things. He's gone to all these leadership conferences. Like this is a guy that's tenacious. This guy I want versus this guy who maybe had worked at 20 years at a place and then things go south, recession happens, people lose their jobs, and then they go, oh, shoot. I haven't updated my resume for 15 years. I have no clue what I've done. So now I have to go back and haphazardly make stuff up. Yeah, and then you know what I'm saying? In, yeah, put it in like a, a little side note at the bottom of a one-piece resume. It's just, you know, that's not telling a story. It's like right. you know, sales 101 is tell the story. So, and, I mean, yeah, Gary talks about that. Even yeah. he talks about it for business, but I think this is so true for personal people. You know, like you had said, whether you choose to stay in a nine to five the rest of your life, whether you choose to be in a nine to five and have a side hustle that gets you into investing and whatever else, or you just say, screw the whole thing. I'm going to go do an entrepreneur thing. Every single one of these segments is equally important to document, document, document. Mm-hmm. Because yep. what you do in a day, what you do in a month, what you do in a year, all those things are going to be able to help sell your future revenue. I'll just say revenue because it doesn't matter whether it's a company hiring you, it's somebody doing business with you, but it's highlighting your skill set. What is it that is your unique gift that you can bring to the world so that when it's, again, you have two people, you can hire this person or this person, you're going to want to, what the person's going to get hired nine times out of 10 is going to be the person that went above and beyond that did 10 times more than just having a paper resume that said, Hey, I can do office. Yeah. Excel, I can do all the whole Microsoft office package. <laughs> right. I'm set. Like I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've done some problem solving skills and, and whatnot because we, uh, I've noticed too, both in the startup world and, and in the corporate world. And, and you tell me being on the receiving end, when somebody's looking to hire you, do they ask you, in a time, when was a time that you did a tough skill? Like, tell me a time that you demonstrated, or was it, here's a hypothetical scenario. Tell me how you would go solve that problem. Cause I want to see how your mind works. Not can you regurgitate when you overcame some difficulty? 
I like that. That's interesting. I mean, that's a, uh, two different ways to ask a very similar question, or at least to kind of find something out. But the one drawing on the past is what have you done before? Prove it, I guess. But I love the question of, Hey, solve this because let's see how you are now and how you would solve things and how you basically apply those past learnings to now instead of just hearing about the past learnings. Yeah. Cause many times people, okay, I'm going to get asked a time that I overcame difficulty. Okay. So I'm going to write out five different stories and beef up the area. So it sounds good. And like just verbal vomit, that exact same response. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then people get into the jobs and they're like, he's not, he or she isn't what they said they were. Like, how did they ever get hired? Like, well, they were great at an interview <laughs> or they were horrible as the interviewer mm -hmm. to screen the people coming in. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean to kind of bring it all back around to, to I, that's what it is. Personal brand and, uh, personal brand is directly attached to your, your value worth. Like even if, you know, you, you are in a, a nine to five is not just about Instagram influencers and things like that, that I think that it kind of gets mixed in or, or people just think of when they hear that, I, I think, you know? Yeah. They think it's a completely separate thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're like, Oh, they're an influencer. They've got thousands of followers. They've got, you know, thousands of videos, whatever that's for them, but that's, that doesn't apply to me. And you're saying, no, cut through the BS that applies. That same skill set applies to everybody, regardless everybody. of if you're a everybody. nine to fiver for life, an investor, whatever that it is, it's equally important to understand social media and build what your personal brand is intentionally so that it doesn't unintentionally come across differently. Absolutely. And that could even go into, you know, the importance of just uh, forward thinking and self-awareness and planning and goal setting. Yeah. So goal setting, let's, let's, we got, I'll say, let's cap it at 10 minutes, but let's get into some good goal setting because it, uh, okay. I, everyone with the, with January coming in, everyone's like, Oh, I got my, all my new year's resolutions. I'm going to lose 20 pounds, make a million dollars and travel the world for six months. So what are, what are some of your daily or, or weekly or, or strategy around goal setting and execution of goals? Man, that's uh that's, That's an interesting question. question. That's a tough question because <laughs> it's, it's something that I struggle with, honestly. Um, uh, but I feel like then I can relate to a lot of people out there. And, and if I can make it easier for them at all, just through the struggles I go through, I'm all for that. I'm all about that. Uh, it's, it's really tough for me. Uh, but I just try to what's really helped me is, you know, really what we're in right now, you and I, Eric, uh, is the, the mastermind group. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very different working for yourself because you're in charge of those deadlines mm -hmm. and you don't have to appease anybody else. There's really no time where like this has to be done. Um, so you have to be very self-motivated, um, commit things to like writing down. Like I'm the worst at writing stuff down. I'm just like, I know I want to get this done, but I'm an excellent procrastinator. <laughs> and then it's like, it doesn't a master's degree in procrastination. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's, if I don't set a date in mind and I only had myself to rely on and nobody else knew that goal, it's probably not getting done. But what's really helped me with being in, in this mastermind group with you and a lot of other great uh, people 
is that you can hold me accountable, or at least then I know I have a group of people that'll like ask me about it. And if I didn't do it, I'm going to have to go uh, like, I didn't do it. And I feel like shit, like that's going to have to own up to it. And I yeah. don't, nobody likes that feeling. So mm-hmm. that's really, I guess, mo- motivation for me. That's what I found that kind of helps me out a little bit. Um, and as I kind of mentioned is writing stuff down. Uh, I never used to write many things down you just would say it and you know, just even writing something down, even if I never look at it again, it's just another form that I committed it to memory, not just by hearing it, but writing it. And that mm-hmm. action, I think, just helps out. So, it almost helps to like form it into a future identity. Yeah. Yeah. Is and, that, is that what so, you're... Yeah, I agree. It's like, because, and I've been almost evolving my thinking on this when I'm writing stuff down. It's just you're right. It is like it's down somewhere else. That's not just in my brain. It's here. So then I should have to hold myself accountable to it to mm-hmm. actually get it done because there's no better feeling than going to something and, and putting a little check by it or crossing it out or boom. And just mentally having that task out of your head. So it's like, cool. I mean, there's a little, I try to um, have little task oriented things each day where no matter if it, if it takes me five hours or if it only takes me an hour or 30 minutes, it should still count because it's a completed task. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel guilty if I get it done in 30 minutes and then I'm like, Oh, well, man, I'm either like, Hey, I'm good. <laughs> or, or I'm just like, man, I get all this time. I should be accomplishing more. You know? So yeah, I got to get better at stacking, stacking more and more up and, and knocking them down. Yeah, because once you once you knock it down, then you're like, oh wait a second, <laughs> this this whole pile here that I thought was going to take me forever, I'm I'm done now. So mm-hmm. now yeah, it's like again, you dread it, those uh, you dread those that pile of papers, but then when you go through it, it's not as bad as you made it out to be. You just oh, have to do it. Yeah, I think that's that's true. And there's been many a times I think in both of our instances where we go to do something and our minds pull out the worst case scenario. We're like, this is going to take months. It's going to be so hard. It's going to be so grueling. That gremlin is just in there like (laughs) telling you like the worst of the worst. And then you actually do it. And you're like, seriously, I spent more time actually complaining about it than, than actually doing like this, that stack of papers. (laughs) You go through it and you're like, had I known that my life could have been so much easier and I probably could be I would have celebrated so much earlier. Yeah. You would have been 10 steps ahead and still, instead of one step ahead, it, you know, it's just that, that fear that you make up in your mind. And, and I'm definitely a culprit of, of doing that all the time. Cause I'm, I overthink things and overanalyze things a lot. I, you know, <laughs> as I'm sure as you know, I like to get really deep into uh, certain topics. Uh, but then it's like, that's what happens where I, I've, been consciously catching myself go there and saying that's stupid. Why am I letting that worry me? Because mm-hmm. I'll look, it's like half the time why every people, everybody says things like I'm going to start a business or I'm going to lose weight. And they set these goals and then they never really do anything to them. They wonder why they, they didn't get accomplished. It's like you didn't go that extra step and didn't have that commitment and that follow through and you know, everything with it. Yes. Yeah action is key. Action isn't important, but I think what prevents a lot of people and what I was getting at is when you think about it, you go, ah, oh, well, if I go here and I do this, I get that done. But then what if, then that could happen. That's probably what's going to happen. 
And even if it's not, it's just like, that sounds exhausting to me to deal with that issue. Like, if you ever heard, like, I I feel like I always, uh, I don't know who specifically said this, but I feel like anybody in their uh, industry that has achieved very much success and there maybe somebody's interviewing them about it and they go, man, if you would have told me I would have had to go through the shit that I went through to get where I'm at today and this and all that, I would have told you, no way, never mind, I'm not doing it. You know, I'm not going to tell that's everybody has that feeling. It's just Mm -hmm. the people that say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to just dive headfirst into it intelligently and with enough thought and purpose, but not being afraid of those future roadblocks that haven't even arised yet. You're, you're afraid of ghosts. Why? You know, you shouldn't be. Yeah, no, I think that's, and, and that's actually something that I think we've both found in the mastermind that's been helpful is as, cause I know there's been times where I give you a call, but almost working through things where you start going down a rabbit hole. Maybe you realize it, maybe you don't realize it. And you start going, I'm planning for the worst case scenario. And all it takes is somebody to just ask the right question or maybe to just, like I know you had said with your logo and your brand, you just needed somebody to say like, no, you're on point. Like just keep going. Mm -hmm. And, And then you can keep, you know, you can get back into the game and just keep moving forward. And I think so many times we set goals and you're right. You, you play that worst case scenario out. And yeah, when you lay out that you're an inch from death, you know, all the worst case of the worst case because you got the play and you got the this, you don't want to go lose those 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah, You just want to stay in what's comfortable, right? That's the last thing that you want to go do. Mm. But oftentimes it's not, it's not as bad as, as what it was. You, you plan for worst case and it, it goes to the, um, the reptilian brain, the worst case assumption across the whole board so that you know that what you're going to get yourself into, which can help you, but then left untethered, then it becomes runaway train. And then you're just left sitting there going, I don't want to start anything. I'm, I'm fine. You know what? It's going to be December 31st and I'm going to be sitting right exactly in the same spot that I'm in because it just was so overwhelming. It's comfort. It's like, it's human nature and it's not that it's wrong, but everybody, the, the human body is going to seek comfort. And it's yeah. once it's used to something, you know, it's almost like that, you know, momentum, you know, once it's used to something and then it just always wants to go back there. And when you let your mind race like that of all the possible pitfalls that you can approach, of course, you're not going to do anything because your brain just convinced your body to, to not do anything. And the reason I'm using the brain body connection and you probably know, and I'm sorry, I apologize for the, the <laughs> listeners out there uh, that the book that we're reading through the mastermind is called, uh, what are the habit of breaking your, or breaking the habit of being yourself. I got it right here. Bre- yeah. Breaking the habit of being yourself. And it's Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, very in-depth scientific read. Um, yeah. It's, it's a little scary up front because it talks about, you know, what's it talk about? Uh, the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sounds like, okay, what am I getting myself into? It's a little out there. Uh, yeah. But then once you get into it, it starts to make, make a lot of sense. And uh, it, it, it all goes to goal setting and achieving those things you want out of life by having a, a, a tactical path, I guess, in order to yeah. almost, I look at it like tricking my own mind, like mm-hmm. I'm mind hacking my own mind to yeah. get me to move forward and do these things. And it's why I've been able to, uh, still chase these goals that I'm trying to chase right now. 
is uh, because of that type of mindset and thinking. Yeah. No, I, I, that's 100% spot on. Awesome. Any closing thoughts on goal setting? I would say just to everybody out there listening, and I, I know obviously what, what you're uh, uh, getting into, Eric, with the, the life coaching, which I, I think our conversations, man, if you could charge, I don't know how much for a conversation like this on one-on-one <laughs> with somebody, you know, of, you know, figuring some of these things out. And uh, I, I just think it's so valuable to have somebody to hold you accountable and um, kind of almost lay out the path though for you too. It takes a weight off of, I think a lot of our shoulders would have somebody in your corner uh, rooting for you and, and mm-hmm. guiding you. It's even if and helping you to not jump down those rabbit holes and then yes. lose a week here, a month there, sleepless nights because you're going through so much anxiety of like, did I make a wrong decision? Do I need to go back and, and like you said, go back to the world of comfort and just play it safe? Or do I really want to go and, and make a change? Yeah. And change can only happen through, through the actions that, that you do. And that's, you know, getting uncomfortable, putting yourself out there. And that yeah. goes to, again, for a lot of the introverted people out there and uh, uh, maybe not, not even introverted people, just the people that aren't happy in, with their lot in life and they want something more. You, only yeah. you can make that choice and do something. And, and I think a big first step is you know finding somebody that can hold you accountable is, is so, so important. Awesome. I like that. Beautifully said. Well, we're going to have to, we'll wrap it up today, but we're going to have you back on after a little bit of time. Cause I want to know how that planner is working out for you. He uh, won oh a, yeah. That, wait, now you're holding me accountable. All the listeners out there. I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It just got real, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. The power of the power of having a coach, you immediately get put on the spot. Yeah. But after you, after you spend some time with it, some of the good, some of the bads and, and how beneficial that can be. Cause I think a planner, is actually writing it down can be a big influence, but I think you almost have to know what things you need specifically in the planner. And sometimes that takes trial and error. Sometimes it just takes somebody else going down that path and talking about it. So I'd love to get your perspective in a future episode on that planner, things that work, things that didn't work. What are things Mm -hmm. maybe that you learned after going through and and working with it? So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely will have to give you an update on that. And you know, I'll tell you, you said something in there that really kind of hooked with me because I think I already know it's, I struggle to write things in the planner because I don't know exactly what needs to be done and how I should write it down. And is this even the right task where I should spend my time? That's what kind of gives me the fear. Uh, but it's yeah. nice. Again, it goes back to just somebody going, yeah, man, that's dude, go ahead, do it. Yeah. yeah write it down. <laughs> like, oh, you can always scratch that? it. I just needed somebody else to tell me. It. You can always burn that page. You can get the lighter out, burn that exactly. page out, and it never even happened. It just turns to a, a pile of ash. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll t- all right, I'll uh, have to show you guys. Or uh, when I come up for the update, uh, my whole burn pile of ash of all my <laughs> discarded. You'll have a, you'll have a book that that was this thick, and it'll be this thick, and then you just have like a pile yeah. of ash, and you're like, the book was bigger, but I burned. Most of half it. of it. There's only about five pages left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, Eric, I appreciate it, man. It, it's been a pleasure and uh, I look forward to joining you guys again. On yeah. Here thank and, you. Uh, you a little update. Thank you for joining us today and, and shedding some insight on personal brand. So we appreciate it. And until next time, have a great day, everybody. <laughs>